You're listening to KZAA LP Santa Barbara 96.5 FM Gaza. Radio only for play my team. Yo, do we got the Mile High City on the radio station phone line right now, or what? We do, we do. This is Chris from Fong. <laughs> oh, what's up, Chris? Not Cap. Not much. How are you doing? <laughs> doing good. Um, all right, hang tight real quick. Uh, got you on the line. I'm going to let uh, jump back over to the radio listeners real quick. Uh, what's up to everyone listening on the radio? Uh, we're still live on KZAA 96.5 FM, broadcasting out of Casa de la Raza. Uh, just heard an awesome rock block right now, um, made by Cat from the band Fom, who is the guest of the show today. Um, well, Chris from Fom is the guest of the show today. Uh, that that awesome rock block was made by Cat. Um, she does vocals in the band, and um, but we have Chris on the line today. So, Chris, what's up? How are you today, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm sorry. I'm not Cat. She's sick today. She asked. She tagged me in. <laughs> Dude, it's it's no worries at all. Um, no worries at all. I appreciate you uh, calling in. I love. Uh, okay, let me just let's just settle something real quick. Can you give me the 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 pure and clear and exact pronunciation of the band? No. <laughs> um, you had it pretty much right. It's like thumb. It's like thumb without the B. You know we. Uh, our original name was Hunger, and it kind of felt a little meatheady. And so we're still talking, and I just sort of was running our band name through just like different languages. I was like, Tom kind of sounds like an emo band from the early '90s, and and we sort of went with that, never expecting like we'd find ourselves in France, like having to like say our name and just feeling like complete idiots. Um, like I actually don't know how to say it. Um, so Tom, fame, whatever. Um, Right on. Is it is it a French word? Yeah, it's the French word for hunger. Okay, nice. Okay, that makes sense. Hunger is also a sick band name, but that makes... I guess I never uh, thought about looking it up in another language. Um, but, okay, well, thank you for, for settling that. I just always want to make sure I'm respecting the band that's coming on the radio with me. You know, I want to get the right pronunciation and don't want to screw it up. <laughs> I don't know. You teach their own, you know, make it, th- make it yours. <laughs> For sure. Um, right on. Well, uh, so where exactly are you calling in from right now? So, so I'm in Denver. So the, so the whole band is actually um, in Denver, except Kat. Um, Kat lives in Tacoma, uh, Washington. Okay. Shout out to Tacoma, man. Some of the, some of my Denial of Life is one of my favorite bands right now. I'm actually going to be up in Tacoma for the Just Another Gig in a couple yeah. of weeks. Um, we played with Denial of Life, and they were so good. Yeah, that band rocks. Um, all right, so are so you're, but you're in Denver right now. Yeah. What time is there? Is it 5.30 or 6.30? It's 5.30. We're just an hour ahead of y'all. Okay, nice. Is it cold? Uh, you know, it's all right. I was in upstate New York yesterday. Um, so comparatively it was, it was, it's pretty nice. Um, you know, probably like forties. Um, not, not like terribly bad. I mean, I think California forties is probably pretty, pretty cold, but (laughs) you just kind of get used to it. I'm from the South and, you know, I, I moved to Colorado and, you know, to a town where it would hit negatives pretty frequently. I just got used to it. Yeah, that's uh, uh, so so you're um, you've lived in Denver for not your whole life. You're from the South originally. Yeah, I've been in Colorado for like nine years, but I'm I'm an East Coaster. Most of us are actually East Coasters, but uh, yeah, I grew up in North Carolina and you know spent a healthy portion of my twenties in D.C. Okay, nice, right on, man. Um, 
Well, thanks again for coming on the show. So I've seen Kat rocking the Jokic jersey in a lot of pictures and stuff in Denver. So I wanted to ask her if she was a Denver Nuggets fan, but I guess I can ask you if you're a Denver Nuggets fan. Uh, no, I'm Cat. Cat is the 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 band jock. Um, I I don't care about sports. <laughs> um, you know, uh, you know, but but Cat uh, reps Nuggets super hard. She would be really mad if I if I didn't didn't establish that. <laughs> for sure because i know you guys you guys did the really cool jerseys um that were kind of the rip of the nuggets mile high jerseys right yeah oh that was that was cat that and we had a shirt of uh nolan arenado um from the rockies at the time punching someone oh yeah and, uh, I yeah that. Th- yeah th- those were definitely um uh creations of cat's mind dude that's awesome well shout out to the nuggets um and and the rockies um yeah, I I'll uh well let her know that that I'm that I that I love the sports I love the uh, sports team merch ribs and I've noticed the Jokic jersey back to back MVP so uh, shout out to the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> Word. Um, so have you ever been a radio listener before? Uh, I mean, yeah, in general, growing up, um, you know, I think you know, radio is kind of uh, a lost art now. Um, I'm glad to see, you know, people are still keeping it going. Um, uh, but, you know, growing up, like, you know, I listened to the local college radio and like, that's kind of how I got introduced to a lot of punk. There was a, there was like a radio show called Shut the Punk Up, I think is what it was called. Awesome. And, <laughs> and, you know, I was like 15 and, you know, that's, that's what I would listen to to like find new bands. It was right like before like Napster and like mp3.com was a thing. Um, so, you know, like that's how I would, I would find out new bands and sort of just get introduced to it. And then, you know, when I was in college, I actually like had a radio show um, on that same local radio station and, and would play all sorts of crappy noise and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it was really cool. Um, to have that exposure dude that's so awesome so you were um was this in dc no this was in uh i grew up in a town called raleigh north carolina okay in north carolina got you yeah home of corrosion of conformity that's right and home of a lot of good bands currently too fading signal and rapid fire and all you know magnitude but um that's awesome. So you listen to college radio. I, I did the same. There was a college radio station in the town I grew up in, in California, and they played hardcore every Wednesday night and stuff. And um, But you had your own show. You got on the air. Yeah, they let me. They gave me, like, I was a freshman in college, and they gave me, like, 5 o'clock to 7 o'clock. And, PM? Um, that was a, yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> That's epic. <laughs> and, what a great know, time slot. Because, I, I, you know, I would, like, put on, like, you know, like twenty minute Godspeed You Black Emperor songs and then like leave and go get something to drink or you know, I would play Dope Smoker for the entire like hour. So um awesome. and just sort of hang out. And it was probably like really infuriating for a radio listener, but it was really fun for me. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I mean that's kind of the so so that's kinda of like I had the chance to get involved in radio like a little over five years ago it was wasn't doing hardcore stuff or anything at first, but that was always my goal because I just used to love the college radio station. This is a this is a community center radio station, so it's you know very very similar vibes. Um, but yeah, dude, like I can come on here and play whatever I want, really, you know. <laughs> like, and that's the really cool thing about like the difference between community and commercial radio, as you know, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Like I could play like twenty minutes of Charles Bronson or something if I wanted to. <laughs> I mean, it, you could, and you know, worst case, you know, you're sitting there just like, well, this is what I would, I want to listen to. And, you know, like I was just playing it off like my records and, you know, yeah. this was before like, like, you know, I could queue up like a digital playlist. So I would like walk over from my dorm room with like a crate full of records, um, which is really infuriating to actually do, um, just sort of trying to queue up the songs between different records, but it was fun. Yeah, I've never, um, we, 
I've never had we never had like a setup to play records on there. We have CDs and tapes and all that. But um so yeah, like if you want to play a song off the middle of of like side A of a record, like you got to you know, you got to be able to that's that was probably like complicated to do, right? Yeah, I mean, you would have to like basically kill the the volume for like the playback of the actual radio just to listen to it. Um but, you know, sometimes I would just play it anyways. I'm like, if it starts 20 seconds into the, end of the last song, that's fine. Yeah. Don't let perfect be the enemy of good. <laughs> totally. Well, that's awesome. Thanks for, uh, thanks for sharing that. It's cool to, I don't know if I've, I don't know if I can remember anyone else that's actually had a radio stint before. So, um, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. So, um, if you want to tell us what you do in the band, um, and uh, any other projects you're involved in uh, or any other yeah, bands yeah. you're in and then who the other members of uh, FOM are. Yeah, well, my name is Chris. There are two Chris's in the band and we both play guitar and both have last names that start with C, so it's confusing. <laughs> but uh, That's awesome. Um, yeah, uh, my name is Chris. I, uh, I play guitar and I do a lot of the backing vocals uh, in FOM. Um, uh, the other the other members are you know Kat's the singer and Chris is our other guitar player and uh, Nick is our drummer and we've had a sort of shuffling of bass players but um, our current bass player is our friend um, Matt um, who's in a band with our drummer Nick. Um, in terms of other stuff, three of us, um, me, Chris, and Nick, we play in a, another sort of crustier um, band called Thieves Guild. Um, we put out sort of a record back in 2019 before everything sort of fell apart. Uh, and Nick, our drummer, um, and Matt, our bass player, um, they play in like sort of like a power pop, like in rock band called Broken Record in Denver. And yeah, I mean, that's basically sort of the, the gamut of what, what we all do musically. Um, you know, Kat used to do a podcast called Double Daria, which I thought was really cool. Um, and they stopped that, I think, a couple months ago, but it's still on Spotify and still worth going to check out. Yeah, totally. Double Daria is awesome. Um, I listened listen to a lot of those episodes when they first started coming out. Um, really just, yeah, refreshing, refreshing um, thing to listen to for sure. And yeah, dude, shout out to Power Pop, one of my favorite um, genres outside of hardcore and also crust. Um so I have to check out uh, both of those other bands that you that you guys are involved in. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I wanted to ask you about uh, California a little bit, if you don't mind. Uh, do you have a favorite place to visit in California? Uh, you know, probably the Sierra Nevadas. Um, I've spent, you know, like a couple of uh, – summers just kind of backpacking around just in the woods um and it's just sort of like beautiful up there um you know sort of like some of the backcountry trails like the high sierra trail um is great and you know me and some other like friends did the john muir trail a couple years ago and, and it's just really just beautiful back there um but you know in terms of cities you know i love oakland um, you know, I've always had like a really great time in Oakland. I sort of like loved sort of the, the rich history that like Oakland and the Bay area has had, especially like in the sixties and seventies with rap with radical politics. And, you know, every time FOM has played Oakland, it's been great. That's awesome. Um, man, the John Muir trail. That's great. I, I also love, uh, love the Eastern Sierras. I'm actually going to spend a week up there next week and go snowboarding and, hang out up in, in mammoth. Um, that's awesome. What was it like? How, how long is that trail? If you can, uh, it's pretty long, isn't it? It's like 230 miles. Yeah. Dude, that's insane. That's awesome. Yeah. How, how long did it take you to do that? Uh, about like 18 days. Um, and you know, that's like a pretty average pace. Um, you know, most people do it in like 17 to 20 days, but you know, it was, it was a lot, but it was great. I'll never do it. I'll never do it again. <laughs> but, you know, it turned me off from like long through hiking. I was like, no, I'm good. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, it was, it was just beautiful and, and sort of just being completely unplugged 
um, you know, for um, that time period, no cell service was awesome. Yeah. You know, it sucked. Like my phone, like deleted all my music. So I only had like three records to listen to the entire time in like a single audio book. Um, so that, so that was slightly a bummer, but, um, but no, it, it was, it was beautiful. I mean, it's yeah. anywhere, anywhere back there, like I've been, has just been incredible. And fortunately we were lucky enough to avoid all the wildfires that have been happening that have been sort of plaguing a lot of people's trips. Yeah. Did, um, and then, and then also speaking in, speaking of Oakland, Fom recorded a record in Oakland, right? Yeah, we recorded our last two records um, in Atomic Garden East with uh, Jack Shirley. Nice. Yeah, shout out to the Bay Area. Amazing place. Um, yeah, I'm a Southern California kid through and through, so I, I've, I'll always have a weird feeling about the Bay, but <laughs> it, it is an amazing place. I have no no beef or no hate at all. I was like, you could start some hate. <laughs> Let's get it going. I don't um, know, man. I don't know. Um, I, you know, I res- I respect it. It's it's a beautiful place. The city's so cool. Um, Oakland's so cool. Um, and yeah, much respect to you for for busting out the John Muir Trail. That's that's awesome. Do you remember the three records? Uh, yeah, actually, um, <laughs> probably like repeated uh, over and over. <laughs> Yeah, one record was the last Panopticon record. Um, uh, I forgot the name of it. Um, I, I think it's like Again Into the Light or something like that. It just come out. And, and that sort of by default became my album of the year because I listened to it a bunch. Um, the second record is this sort of indie rock, sort of sad um lp um by this band from philadelphia uh called the goodbye party um uh and it was a you know everything that band has put out is like incredible but really depressing sometimes you know so, you know so, you know not <laughs> yeah. not really like the like this is gonna motivate me to to get up this this mountain and then the third record i had was actually just like demos from the the fom lp that we were about to record or we were writing Oh, nice. Like, That's I had, cool. I had just received those, and they were just instrumental. Um, so I became very familiar with uh, those songs and just nitpicked them to absolute death. Um, but but it was those three records, and then I had um, uh, that book, Say Nothing, um, about the Irish Republican Army. Um, that Those were my sort of listening options uh, for 18 days. <laughs> Yes, I was pretty diverse. It's pretty cool. I, I mean, it sucked. I know. I wish I had more, um, but you know, you know, all all bangers. So you know, it could be worse. Totally. Do you have a? Uh, is it? Do you have a favorite place to play in California? Like uh, play shows, like a venue or anything? You know. Gotta be Oakland still. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's okay. Southern it's all California. good. Oakland rules, man. Um, you know, and we've never played the same place, um, you know, in Oakland. But both of our shows have been in really like small, intimate, like non-traditional venues. You know, like the first time we, uh, you know, we played was like a small brewery. But um, and I think like the third time we came or the second time we came through was like the second the upstairs of a restaurant and like an incredibly small room that probably could only reasonably hold 30 people, but there were probably like three times the amount that were jammed in there. And then, you know, the last time we played was, um, um, lucky duck bicycle cafe, um, which was, which is also like one of those like small spaces, non-traditional punk spaces. And it was in a bike shop. Um, which which was cool. Like teenage me was super stoked. But, you know, like <laughs> teenage and twenty year old me who was like really into bikes was really was really stoked. And, and I think as a band we like playing. You know those those small spaces. You know we'd rather you know play like a a cramped basement with like thirty people, and you know than like a giant room where there's a dumb horseshoe. Um, you know, it's, it just, you know, it, those intimate shows are just 
more meaningful. They're better. And fortunately, we've just only had those in Oakland. So that's great. Yeah, it's awesome. No stage, no stage, tiny room is the best, in my opinion. Those are my favorite shows to be at. Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in, you know, all the, all the shows I would see were in someone's living room or in someone's basement. Um, and, and they were all really small. And, you know, like, you know, my fondest memories of getting into punk and hardcore and, like, booking shows myself, you know, were were just like you're just crammed in there with someone and you know like you know the band you know this is why i have like really bad hearing issues now because <laughs> i also came up in the time of punk where like every band insisted on having a full stack to play a living room yeah uh so, but you know there's just something special about it you know it's um you know it's and you lose that when you go into bigger rooms. And, you know, fortunately, we're not that cool of a band, so we can play those small spaces still. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I saw uh, Distort and Firewalker, my friend's band Firestarter, play in someone's living room, um, la- like, the end of last year. Pretty unexpected. Um, the show got, like, moved into the living room, and it was just, like, <laughs> incredible to see those bands and so it was like, yeah, like a living room. And it's like I haven't, I hadn't been to a show like that in a really long time, and I just kind of forgot, like, just how how special those are, you know? Yeah, I'm too old to like do that anymore in like my houses, but like I definitely have had like my fair share of like I gotta fix the drywall, um, oh, yeah. or or you know, and I remember seeing Drop Dead in Richmond, and like during the show, the floor like you could feel the floor breaking and, you know, hitting that, like everyone needs to get out right now moment, which is, you know, slightly scary, but you know, still somehow magical. I mean, yeah. Seeing drop dead in a house at that, like that's, that alone is, that's an awesome, awesome memory to have, man. It was cool. It was, it was very reckless, but you know, that's what your early twenties is kind of like. <laughs> yeah, and definitely agree with you. And nobody playing in my house these days. <laughs> I mean, like, if tragedy like wanted to roll through, and like, can we play your living room? Well, like, that's yeah, different. Definitely. Yeah, like a hundred percent. Let's go. Um, There's probably but, a couple you know, of exception yeah. bands, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, tragedy. So, so the radio station we're on right now broadcasts out of a historical landmark in Santa Barbara in California called Casa de la Raza. Um, the Ramones have played here. Bad Brains, you know, t- I mean, t- tons of bands and and punk and hardcore. But in this in this little room right around the corner from the studio, and Tragedy actually played there, um, in oh, I don't know, like 2011 or something. But um, yeah, Tragedy rocks. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, they played. They played this the little community center area right right outside this uh, right outside this studio. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for reminiscing a little bit and sharing and sharing that stuff. Um, shout out to living room shows and house shows and all those fun things. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Fum has a uh, new LP coming out March third on yeah. Safe Inside Records. Right? Yeah. Yeah, finally. It's yeah. been like 14 months since we recorded it. Yeah, dang. Okay, so we'll we'll definitely get in more detail about that. I, I ran into uh ran into Bert Bert to last at the For the Children Fest and um yeah, asked him about, you know, I knew that knew that there was a <laughs> new record coming out and stuff and so uh, I was happy to have you on the show to talk about it. Um we'll definitely come back to that. But if you want to just share like any updates currently with the band, other than that, like shows that you have coming up, um, pre-orders for the record, or pre-orders for any merch or anything that are coming with the record, or any uh, current stuff that's available for people to get online or or anything like that. Yeah, um, no, we we've got actually uh, a lot of stuff for us coming up in the next um a couple of weeks um so our our new record you're like nothing else um it's currently available for pre-ordering uh on safeinsiderecords.com um deathwish also has their own uh specific color you can go to deathwishinc.com i think it's the website 
And uh, through Safe Inside, um, they're also pre-ordering some uh, shirts um, for the band. Um, I think that's really the only place you can get merch online. We might still have some shirts on Deathwish um, from when the last record came out. We're not really like a mail-order sort of band. Um, we usually just let our label do that. But um, no, yeah, Your Life and Nothing Else comes out um, formally uh, in early March, and we'll do the digital release and streaming and all that fun stuff. But we have two songs um, that are out that are on Spotify and Bandcamp. Um, yeah, and you can pre-order those now. We've got our uh, record release weekend in Denver uh, coming up on March seventeenth. Uh, is our like formal record release show um, at Seven Circle, which is like Denver's DIY venue. Um, and we're really excited for that because we didn't really have a record release show for Hollow Hope. Yeah, because it came out during the pandemic. Um, and then the night after, we're actually playing a house show in Boulder. Um, uh, which should be, um, pretty special. Um, cause you know, that living room is, is very small. Yeah. Um, you, you know, so we've got that release weekend and then, you know, two weeks later we'll tour the East coast where we've got a run that takes us basically as far South as Richmond and, you know, as far North as Massachusetts. And, you know, we're finalizing some stuff there and, you know, hopefully, uh, releasing sort of or, you know, posting about those tour dates in the next next few weeks. And then, you know, we'll be in California. We might be in Southern California over Memorial Day in May. And then, you know, we go to Europe um, this summer in July. And, you know, we just announced that we're playing Flop Fest again. Nice. And then after that, we, we kind of come home and we play our last show in, like, October. And that's kind of it. And that's going to be – yeah, because I, I, I couldn't remember – is this – this is kind of – like this is like your last record as a band, right? Yeah, this this is uh this is it. And you know, Hollow Hope was actually supposed to be our last record. Um we had um you know, we had gone to Europe, which is something like I never thought we would do. I mean, when we started this band, it was always like this will be a fun thing to do maybe for a couple months. Like never thought we'd go on tour, never thought we'd like release a record, much less multiple records. And, you know, we went to Europe, which is, like, something I always really wanted to do. And, you know, we started sort of thinking, like, you know, we sort of accomplished a lot more than what we wanted to. And let's sort of end this sort of on our own terms. And, you know, the plan was to release Hollow Hope and tour on that and go back to Europe and call it a day. And then um, COVID happened. And, you know, there were still things we wanted to do. Um, so, you know we didn't want to tour on a record that had been out for like three or four years. So yeah. that's why we wrote, that's why we wrote this record. You know, we will talk about it. Like this record wasn't supposed to be written and, you know, that's really why. And, you know, so, you know, we put this record out and, you know, we sort of just want to celebrate it and celebrate sort of, you know, the band and the friendships that we've made and, you know, again, go out on our own terms um, on a good note. Um, because I don't think any of us thought, you know, this was what we were going to spend most of our, you know, a good portion of our thirties doing. And I thought the time of my life, like going on tour and being in bands was like done. So, you know, it's, it's sort of a nice way just to put a bow on it, I guess. Yeah, it's great. It's super busy rest of the year and it's cool to be able to plan that stuff out and, and, you know, kind of hit everywhere. California. Not everywhere, hopefully. Well, hopefully I mean, places, but that's a good stretch. I mean, you're going to, you know, you're you got Europe, East Coast, hometown, West Coast, maybe. Like that's a good, good stretch right after your your LP comes out, and uh, and then you you said you'll play your your final show in around October in Denver. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Hollow Hope is an amazing record. I loved. I love. Still listen to Thank it. Um, really, really great record. Um, and let me just do a station ID real quick. Sorry, I always lose track. Sure. Of, I always lose track of time. I'm like, dang, it's almost. Uh, we're we're on KZAA ninety six point five FM right now. You're listening to your life in America, and we're talking about your life and nothing else um, with the upcoming LP from Fom with Chris from Fom uh, calling in from Denver right now. Um, 
and yeah, thanks. Thanks for sharing all those plans and yeah. Pre-orders at safe inside. Um, and then, yeah, get out to a show if you want to buy something else. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, we'll have, we'll have merch at shows. Um, and you know, we, we, we're a pretty, uh, pessimistic band. So Respect. We're like, no one's ever going to buy anything from us. Um, it's a good way to and, do it, man. And, and so, you know, we, we, we rarely have stuff left over because people do, and we're really grateful for it. But, you know, it's usually usually catches at a show, um, and, and we'll have some stuff. But, you know, safe inside, um, we'll have, like, shirts and things like that. Um, and I think maybe Convulse Records still has some shirts from when, they, when we re-released our 7-inch, the self-titled. Right on. Um, I also wanted to say for the radio listeners, uh, I did play, uh, did play the uh, the two singles from Your Life and Nothing Else, Opus and Silver Spoon. Um, so radio listeners, you heard those uh, before the interview started, and and like Chris said, you can listen to those on streaming platforms. Um, so yeah, I, I just want to say also like you know um, you put out an awesome LP. Um, I love Hollow Hope, uh, and then Kill the Abuser, Inside Your Head, the self-titled 7-inch, like you said, uh, the Uninhabitable um, single, and the, I can't remember the name of the other song off the top of my head, but those two singles, um, I mean, yeah, just like really good uh, catalog of music you've put out in the last two years. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Has there been like a, a, a specific like motivation or just drive to like, because a lot of bands can go their whole time as a band without doing nearly as much as that, like putting out nearly as much as that amount of music, you know? I mean, so at, at, at like a good quality. So I kind of just wonder like if there's anything that's just continued to drive um, the band to keep making music and putting it out. Uh, I mean, you know, we've been a band for like over six, almost, you know, by the time we hang it up, it'll be seven years. So you know, like a lot of that stuff, you know, we'll, we'll write, you know, we'll write the demo and I'll be like, great. I don't, we don't have to write any songs for like a little bit. And then, you know, we wrote the seven inch and then it's another break. So, you know, we'll sort of write songs for releases and, and then just sort of take a break. And, you know, a lot of the stuff um, we released recently, like uninhabitable, um, was a B-side from our LP, um, from our uh, newest LP. And the second song uh, called Hide Behind Your Badge is actually just a re-recording of uh, one of our earlier songs that we had contributed to a, um, a, a tape comp, basically, um, on Wide Eyed Noise Records. Uh, our friend Eric from the band Discourage um, put out as a benefit for the Trevor Project. And that was a song we just really liked. And, you know, we were in the studio with Jack and, um, you know, we were sort of just cranking out songs. And that's a song we've been playing for like five years. And it was just sort of a one take thing and sort of done. But, um, yeah, it's always sort of stops and starts, especially because for a lot, of the, a lot of the time in the band, you know, Kat lived in Tacoma and our drummer had lived out of state too. Um, so we'd always do these like big marathon sort of writing sessions um, to sort of get things done. Yeah, it's, I mean, that, make, that makes sense. I guess I didn't put the timeline together that well, but um, yeah, I mean, the, the releases are all really good. Um, everyone's obviously very talented. Um, and yeah, so I wanted to ask a little bit about, so we'll come back to the new, um, the new record coming out on the 3rd of March. Um, yeah, if you want to share a little bit about the two singles that came out, for some reason I was listening to the one today and it kind of reminded me of like Ruiner a little bit. I don't know why, just kind of like the, the steady, like, like, you know, steady, um, guitar drums, not too, not too like overpowering, but then Cat just like ripping the just raw vocals and like the I don't know I just kind of reminded me of like a Ruiner type sound um, when I was listening to it just now playing it on the radio. But if you want to just share a little bit about um, those singles that that you have released so far, no, yeah, I mean I think that you know the the sort of Ruiner influence um, makes a lot of sense. You know I know 
like me and Kat, especially, you know, really sort of, you know, the early sort of aughts, sort of melodic hardcore was pretty important to both of us. And, you know, having sort of like a melodic aspect to Fawn songs was something like we really resisted for a long time. Yeah. And just started getting a little bit more comfortable with it in Hollow Hope. Like there are some songs, like the last song to the moon has like a very like Hope Con sort of ending and sort of started playing around with that. And in this new record, we sort of just really lean into it. Um, and, you know, it's a lot more dynamic. You know, there are a lot more like heavier songs on the new record, but there's, there are songs that like, frankly, like have like sort of shoegazy parts and some parts that you could be like, this kind of sounds like a Screamo song. Um, but definitely uh, the track Opus has sort of that early aughts melodic hardcore vibe to it. Um, and that's just starting to play around with sort of the melodic aspect. But, um, you know, I know me and Kat have spoken a lot sort of about this song, so I'm going to try to sort of do it justice as to where she's coming from. But, um, yeah. You know, Silver Spoon, which is the first song we released back in like December, uh, you know, that's really kind of about this sort of this guy that we all know. And, and I'm not say a singular guy. It's, it's actually like a lot of men. You know, they, they screw up in their 20s. They, they don't really sort of do anything. And then, you know, as they get older, things are just kind of handed to them. And people are just like, well, aren't you lucky? And it's actually like not luck. It's like very that's sort of nice. systemic systemic thing that people just kind of get handed to them without sort of like, you know, any sort of self-criticism or insight to that. And just like, why can't you do that? And, and sort of, you know, people that go that sort of go through life like that. And I think, you know, what Kat's trying to sort of speak to is just kind of the frustration um, of just sort of seeing it happen over and over again. Um, Opus um, is more of kind of a, I think Kat described it in um, an interview recently as a goodbye letter to the, like the hardcore scene. And, you know, it's, it's sort of taking place in kind of this period in which it's just like, you know, I'm older now, you know, hardcore and punk isn't kind of inherently like a youth thing. It's like youth culture. And, you know, as you get older, I mean, as you get older, you know, you feel, you can sort of feel more distant and alienated from it. Um, and it's sort of hard to, um, sort of find, find what you had in it. And, you know, it's a hard thing to sort of struggle with. Um, and I think that's sort of what Kat was going to uh, sort of going through when, um, she wrote, um, that song is kind of like push and pull between, you know, this is really meaningful to me, um, in the moments that I create, but, you know, also like just looking at like the scene you know, it feels like I'm a, I'm a stranger to it and sort of processing those thoughts. Um, I think that that's the sentiment behind that song. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I kind of, I, that makes a lot of sense just having read the lyrics a couple of days ago and, 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 um, yeah, hearing you, hearing you explain it in that way, makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. Silver Spoon is also a great song. Um, lyrically, I kind of also, got that and made me think of, of that <laughs> exact type of person that you're, um, you're talking about. Um, very, I think that's a really, I think that's a really like interesting and, um, specific idea for a song. That's, that's something, something cool to be, you know, expressed or, or, or shared about or written in a song. That's really cool concept or idea, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a thing that, you know, pe- you know, a lot of a lot of people that have sort of been pushed aside in favor of that type of person can really relate with, especially like that frustration. Yep. When you're yeah, <laughs> I've been there, man. Grinding, grinding, grinding and dealt not the greatest hand and and then other yeah. I I get it for sure. Um really awesome um concept for a song. Uh and yeah, like I, I know that you probably can't say like too much more about it, but just like um, if you if there's anything more you want to say about the record that like is parts like that aren't out yet, like how many songs it might be or anything like that, go for it. And if not, then we'll talk yeah. talk a little bit about like writing it and stuff like that. 
No, I mean, yeah, it's, you know, we actually, when we sat out to write this record, we thought it was just going to be an EP. Like, I was like, let's hit 12, 15 minutes of music. I, you know, we didn't expect it to sort of be a full length. And, um, and we ended up having like 30 minutes worth of stuff to go and record. And so, you know, the record is actually just as long as Hollow Hope, about like 21, 22 minutes, eight songs. And, um, you know, I think, you know, this this record is... You know, I think it's our angriest record, but it's also like our most vulnerable in terms of sort of the lyrics that Cat was putting out. Um, you know, it's, you know, it really hits on some personal um, topics and sort of musically. And as I mentioned, like it has kind of our like the heaviest songs we've done and sort of the fastest stuff we've ever done. But, you know, on the complete opposite end, you know, it there's a lot of like slow parts, slow stuff on there and things where we're really kind of pushing like our own boundaries um, in terms of, you know, what we wanted out of this record. And I think the thought behind that was we knew this was our last record and we didn't want to sort of feel constrained um, by like, this should be a hardcore record. And we can't, we can't have like a three minute long part that is like two notes um, <laughs> that is just over and over again. Yeah. And, you know, um, so we just, stopped caring about like what we thought the record should be and, and, and kind of just let the, the writing come to us. Um, and I think the two songs that we released are sort of teasers into both extremes of the record. Um, but I think, you know, it has kind of a lot for everyone in it. Yeah, definitely. Like, like I was saying, I, I think listening to the singles and especially today, like, listening to the to the singles I, I can definitely hear the 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 slight change or progression or whatever you want to call it in the sound um and i i'm the same way like i love hope cons one of my favorite bands of all time ruiners one of my favorites like i i got into hardcore and right when that was like when ama as they like to call it now amazing core <laughs> was oh like, yeah yeah was like i mean that was the thing though man it was like you know, Bridge Nine and all those bands that were coming out. I mean, that's like the triple B hot bands of now. Like that was that was it, you know. Um, and so I love that sound, and I I love bands, you know. Still, it's even cool that you you know you're that you're that this record is is you know kind of touching on that sound after after your earlier stuff is a little you know didn't didn't necessarily sound like that. Um, I love the artwork too. Is that going to be the artwork for the record, or is that just the single artwork? No, yeah, that's the art artwork for the entire LP. You know, and uh, you know, we had kind of been sort of one trick in terms of art. You know, black and white. Um, and you know, we decided, you know, this record's going to sound a little different, and you know, we wanted to just go a different direction. Um, so we worked with. Um, this great uh, artist down in Albuquerque that used to live in Denver. Uh, his name's Max Yardbird. Um, you can find him at, at Max Yardbird on Instagram. Does great stuff. And we worked with him um, on just kind of capturing like a mood to some of the some of the more somber parts of the record. Um, and you know, we just really liked sort of how it came out. You know, it's it's minimal. Um, and, you know, hopefully it sort of like fits in with what people feel from the record. I think it fits perfectly. I mean, it, from what I feel from those two songs and I see that artwork, it's perfect. Like the flowers a little bit droopy, but it's still flower, you know. <laughs> and uh, I, I mean, I love that. I love flowers and I love art, like album art like that. So I think it's I think it's perfect. Um, definitely caught my eye and definitely I was like, man, like these songs and this this artwork definitely is definitely fitting. Um, okay. Let's see. So I'm sorry. I'm just checking time. Time always goes fast. Okay. Uh, we're talking to Chris. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, sometimes I'm just, we're just like chopping it up and stuff and I forget it. We're on the radio and all that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, we're talking to Chris from the band, uh, FOM out of Denver, Colorado. We're live on, KZAA 96.5 FM, uh, talking about the new FOM record coming out on Safe Inside um, 
early March. Uh, yeah, uh, March 3rd. March 3rd. Um, so we talked about, you know, sonically, uh, you know, th- and, and thank you for sharing some background um, on the lyrical inspiration for the singles. Um, and, um, yeah, just like anything else you want to say about it, um, I think we kind of covered, all, like, like where we can pre-order, um, you know, it's cool that you, this record wasn't planned. You know, I think that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, COVID was a terror, you know, it, it, it sucked. I mean, I mean, it more than sucked. I mean, it was just a policy failure, you know, it really showed we live in a failed state. Um, and it just like really affected a lot of people, but this is sort of like one of those like weird unplanned things that, you know, we didn't expect, like, this record shouldn't exist, like, we shouldn't be talking right now, um, you know, I should just That's be, like, goes. some, some D-level, you know, some person that was in a D-level hardcore band for a little bit, <laughs> completely irrelevant, um, and, you know, it, it, it's nice, though, um, you know, yeah. I'm really, I'm really glad, like, sort of the opportunity, and, and being able to sort of put this out, and, because, like, I think we all sort of, like, we don't have anything left in the tank. You know, we sort of all put it into this record and we've been sitting, we recorded it in, I think November of 2021. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So it was, and, a, it was a while ago. Yeah. And it's been, it's been really hard to just kind of sit on it. Like so many times just dealing with like pressing pl- like plant delays. I just want to put it up on Bandcamp, but like whatever, have at it. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's hard to like resist that temptation um, so I, you know, I think we're just really excited, um, to finally be able to share it and hopefully people like it and people sort of find some connection, um, with what we put out. For sure. Um, yeah, like, I mean, I love the singles looking forward to, to hearing the rest of it. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about just in the last, like in the last <clears throat> 15 minutes or so we have, um, you know, uh, lyrically, I know that the band has always been um, pretty outspoken about, you know, the things that you, that you believe in and uh, being anti-fascist and um, amongst other things. Uh, there's just so much stuff happening in the world right now. Um, at times it's like hard to wrap my mind around all the different things going on. Um, but this is like something I've been doing lately or for listeners, like some people might not even understand what anti-fascist means. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just a a very like common general thing that's thrown around, especially punk and hardcore. So um, if you want to kind of share a little bit about that um, and, and what that means, um, you know, overall into, into you, into the band. um, And then just any, just wanted to give you some time on, you know, on the air, anything, if if there's anything you want to share about, um, you know, human rights or, or political or social issues yeah. or anything that's going on in the world right now that you would just like people listening on the radio or people listening to this show to be aware of or, or you know, just be informed about. Yeah, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow really quickly through anti-fascist. You know, it, it's, it's out there, Google, um, you know, but I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah. what it is. You're, you're anti-fascist, and that can mean just where you're at politically. It can mean... Um, doxing and deplatforming um, Nazis, fascists, um, alt-right people. It can mean physically fighting them and making sure that they're not welcome in spaces because when they show up to spaces, it's to harm other people um, because they are part of um, sort of a disenfranchised and marginalized group. You know, anti-fascism is self-defense. Um, but I want to run through that because there's a lot of stuff that I'd like to talk about. Um, you know, one thing I want to talk about is uh, Atlanta um, and uh, the Cop City protests. Um, so, um, for those that don't know, um, the city of Atlanta, um, there's sort of a protected forest inside Atlanta. And what has been happening uh, over a year ago is that essentially the local police department wants to clear cut that forest to build a training ground, basically like six flags for the police. Additionally, a movie studio also wants to clear cut part of it to build a soundstage. And there's a lot of problems with that. 
first, you know, it's a sort of a protected environmental zone. Um, and next to that area um, is sort of a poor neighborhood, which is filled primarily with people of color. And that neighborhood floods. And if you're going to pave over a large part of the open natural space, that's going to increase that flooding. Additionally, it's home um, to a lot of sort of native species and um, animals. Um, so you are simply destroying their habitat and their environment. Um, third, um, this was kind of done in sort of a backroom fashion um, with a lot of money interests. It wasn't very transparent and excluded a lot of the community that's going to be affected by it. And fourth, it's just sort of this principal thing. This is just hyper funding of the police to allow them to come further militarized to suppress people that are protesting. I mean, part of Cop City is a fake city where the police, not just the police in Georgia, but police everywhere are going to use it as training grounds to suppress protests, which we know are going to be more and more frequent as we sort of the contradictions in the world that we live in yeah. um, are becoming more constant. And so what's happened is a lot of brave people have been protesting um, this. They have been targeting companies that are working with them. They are occupying the forest. Um, they are fighting the police. And in December, um, the police raided the forest and arrested six people for domestic terrorism under a state law. Um, and the reasoning they were charged with domestic terrorism is because they were part of, quote unquote, defend the Atlanta forest as a group. Except defend the Atlanta forest is not a group. It is a campaign. It is, it is non-organized. There's no leader. No one is a member of that group. Yeah. And what's coming out is the prosecutors and the police in Georgia have been lying, saying that the Department of Homeland Security is labeling defending the Atlanta forest as a uh, extremist group, which is not the case. But the second reason they're charging domestic terrorism on paper is because for things like wearing a gas mask and being in the forest, sitting in a tree sit, things that we don't actually associate with terrorism. Yeah. Um, and this is something sort of, primarily leftist groups have seen um, repeated over and over again, you know, most recently with sort of environmental and animal rights activists in the early aughts, you know, during what was dubbed the Green Scare. And last week, um, there were more arrests and the, the police killed someone. The police murdered um, someone who was in the forest, um, just simply sticking up and defending um, that forest. Um, and they've been completely non-transparent about this they claim there was a body cam except there's no body cam and it's under very dubious circumstances and it's because the police murdered someone um because they're willing to kill for their stupid training ground and there have been more and more arrests so i'd really encourage people um to look towards atlanta because those people that are fighting in atlanta aren't just fighting for themselves they're fighting for all of us totally. um, because a lot of the donations coming into cop city are actually from out of state and a lot of other police departments are going to be using that. So you can, you know, Google defend the Atlanta forest. Um, you, you should throw your support to the Atlanta Solidarity Fund, um, which is atlsolidarity.org, um, and find ways to support them um, and find ways to sort of build up your own community um, to give those folks support. Um, you know, additionally, I also want to like give sort of space to the continued atrocities and the occupation of Palestine. Uh, this morning, Israeli sold, soldier, soldiers killed nine Palestinians inside a refugee camp, wounded 20 others, and blocked paramedics from delivering medical aid. And this is like a common practice that happens uh, because it is an apartheid state. And war crimes such as this happen on a routine basis. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Countries like the United States, we continue to provide um, aid to those perp perpetrating that. And, you know, Palestinians deserve their right to sovereignty. And, you know, we need to start recognizing um, sort of their basic rights um, that are being deprived um, in, in really sort of totalitarian ways. And then sort of the third thing, and it doesn't matter when I say this, this is always something that's happening is that the police are routinely killing uh, people of color, you know, uh, you know, in California, um, Keenan Anderson, mm -hmm. you know, the police killed him for no reason. 
um, someone who was actually asking police for help. Um, and as we've seen time and time again, um, the police kill them and are indiscriminately um, allowed to do this. You know, in Memphis, you know, the police killed Tyree Nichols after a traffic stop. And, you know, while police officers were charged there, um, you know, we need to be sort of critical of, you know, that's a, this isn't just a case of bad apples. You know, this sort of violence um, is institutionalized. It's, com- you know, it's they totally kill- institutionalized. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. You know, they killed Tyree Nichols during a, a routine traffic stop. There's nothing routine about it. You know, police regularly uh, will stop primarily, you know, poor people of color on pretext reasons. You know, I have spent most of the last decade as a public defender defending poor people um, in these situations. And, you know, it's a known it's a known fact. You know, they will stop them for minor crimes to try to find things. And that's when they kill people. Um, and, you know, I think it's important to sort of just, you know, continue to highlight that and, and prop up, um, resistance to that. And especially, you know, when we've seen the backlash to defund the police, um, you know, we need to sort of keep pushing for that because the police don't make us safe. Um, you know, you know, they don't, you know, criminalizing, um, and putting people in a cage in prison doesn't make society safer um, and actually creates a lot of social harm. Um, and, you know, I think we need to start looking towards non-carceral solutions. And that really um, just can't be stated enough. I mean, so I think those are the three things I would really highlight. Nothing nothing great. I mean, the world is turning in an awful direction. No, but I mean, the thing is, yeah. yeah, the thing is, is it's, it's going to trend awful whether you you know, if you do nothing about it. So you might as well totally. do something about it. Yeah, no, I, I definitely wanted to give you some time because I know that it's a big, you know, I know that's always been a, a thing, you know, like a forefront of the band has been to be outspoken about that stuff. And, you know, it's not it's not like, um, I mean, everything I, you know, things I come across relating to the band and stuff, I know that's a, a big part of, of what you do um, and your motivation and lyrics and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, the, the incarceration thing is something very personal to me. I mean, I'm a drug and alcohol counselor. I have been for six and a half years. I'm in recovery. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm in recovery from heroin addiction. I spent a lot of time locked up. I spent a lot of time, you know, in the system and now on the other side of it. Um, I mean, I got, you know, we have the law taking people out of one of the best treatment programs in California to put them into county jail because because that's the protocol <laughs> and there's and we have no you know it's like hey this person has got their life back they're they're seeing their kids they're about to be employed they're in therapy they're doing all this stuff and and the court will tell us well you know they're mandated to serve 90 days in jail. So we're going to take them out of that nurturing healing environment and put them into a toxic, violent, racist, hostile environment with drugs and alcohol in the county jail. And let's just, and then we'll, and then we'll release them and see what happens. And I deal with that yeah. constantly and there's nothing. I mean, it's like, it's just, yeah, like you said, lots of, you know, um, dampening things and sometimes feels hopeless, but I know that there is hope. So thank you for sharing all those things. Yeah, and thank you for doing what you do. I mean, you know, it's, you would think that like people would understand, like you don't solve someone's substance abuse issues by putting them in the cage um, yeah, and ruining their life um, <laughs> and stigmatizing them. Yep. Um, you know, like, you know, you know, you know, those people, you know, people that are struggling with that, like deserve like help and support and like, you know, and it, and it makes, and if you, even if you look at it just in terms of dollars and cents, like how much money we spend incarcerating people for such stupid stuff. Yeah. It's, um, it's and, yeah. and how that money could go to housing and that money could go to substance abuse treatment and that money could go to enriching people's lives, um, to help them overcome things. Mm-hmm. Um, you realize that it's an intentional decision. You realize that it's something that is intentionally done 
because the cost of ruining people's lives by over incarcerating isn't felt equally across the the board. No, nope, like it is a cost that is that is that is put back in those mostly poor communities. Um, and you know, people that can live out in the suburbs, you know, they, they don't care. They just don't want to see a home, you know, a homeless person on the street Yep. and they don't, you know, they don't really care. Um, and you know, they're fine just putting that person, you know, in a cage and nothing gets solved. Um, but you know, like, you know, and so like, thank you for sort of doing what you're doing because you're actually doing the work to, to help people. Yeah. Um, thanks. And like cops, they're not doing that. Yeah. No, thank you for and, and you as well. Um are you like a public def- are you work as a public defender currently? Uh I just stopped. So I was a public defender in Colorado for nine years. Nice. Um, Respect. That's awesome. Yeah. And now I work at a law school. I actually work for a project that defends animal rights activists in criminal cases across the country. And awesome. I teach students about those cases. So that's awesome. Um, that's sort of a new thing that we're doing. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, I, yeah. Thank you for, um, you know, yeah, I, I've had some really cool public defenders in my day. <laughs> um, people that actually took the time to, especially when I was locked up, like, you know, took the time to listen to me and try to get me the best deal and try to get me out of jail. And, um, and I actually being on the other side, I actually work with a lot of public defenders. I really care about people and it's, it's nice because yeah, I like what you're saying about it being intentional and, um, you know, I mean, just, I mean, just objectively, logically looking at a situation, there's just like, there's no, it, it's like, it's so dehumanizing to take, to look at somebody's situation who's getting their life together, especially in a world where people are dying from drug overdoses, like every five seconds, you know, and you get somebody who's got six months of sobriety and is living a great life. And you're like, oh, we're going to put this person back in jail for 90 days. And there's nothing you can do about it because that's the law. It's just, yeah. it's, it's just mind blowing. And it just, it's just proves time and time again that, yeah, it's not, there's no, there's no humanistic approach in the, in the criminal justice system. And it's uh very, it's, it sucks, but just got to keep fighting the good fight, you know, just keep trying and never giving up. That's what I tell myself. <laughs> Yeah, you can't because the bad stuff will still happen, um, you know. But then there's so, a, there's you know, a success every once in a while that is heartwarming and and uplifting yeah. and makes it worth it to me at least. Yeah, and if the bad stuff's gonna happen, don't make it easy for them. Totally. You know, make it hard for them. Um, you know, make them think twice. Um, and you know, just keep fighting. For sure. Well, thank you so much. We're got to wrap it up. I want to ask you one more question. Can you give us any hardcore bands in Colorado that we should check out? Denver, your local scene. If you have any, I always want to want to know about what's popping in the local scene. So if you have any Denver or Colorado bands, we should check out. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, Destiny Bond, who was on the playlist, um, is uh, not only good friends of ours, but just a great band um that i'm really excited to see what they do um it, you know it's the hardcore band but it also like has this sort of like ramon sort of march men kind of vibe to it that i really like totally um you know moral law are good friends of ours um you know vegan straight edge like like late 90s sort of throwback um that we really love and then um you know this band sewer slide who we're playing with uh during our weekend that we're really excited to play with um there but you know, I also want to give a shout out to Raw Breed, who was on um, our playlist too, who just put out a great record on Convulse Records, which you know I'm gonna hype up as hard as I can. Convulse Records is one of the the best sort yeah. of labels that has really built up the Denver scene. Like Convulse Records has, you know, and Adam and all the people that are now working with Convulse have done such amazing things to make Denver like one of the best scenes like I've been a part of and I've like moved around a bunch, lived in a lot of different places. And like Denver is such, such a great scene and bands that skip it are fools. Um, so come to Denver. <laughs> right on. Thank you. Um, okay. Thank I'm going gonna, gonna to finish with some quick hits. Basically this segment uh, is like either, or like I'm going to ask you two things and you pick one. Um, all right. 
Okay. I added this during the during the interview. So go to loan. Okay. okay, ready? Go to loan or verse? Uh, I'm gonna say go to loan for cat. <laughs> okay. Dude, I love amazing core stuff, so that's a whole other conversation though. Rudimentary peni or crass? Crass. Well, I was I say I had no, Bay no hesitation. I had Bay Area or LA, but I already know the answer to that. Yeah, it's gonna be the Bay. Uh, have heart sorry. or fiddlehead. Have heart. Uh, going on tour or playing a weekend run. Depends on the tour. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, weekend runs are fun, but going on tour, there's something like day five that that something really clicks, and and it's just fun. You you finally disconnect from home. Yeah. Stage or no stage? No stage. Suicide file or hope con? Hope con. Nice, good answer. Uh, <laughs> uh, favorite vegan thing to make at home? Oh, crap. I don't. You know. Um, I'm honestly, a, like, I'm just a, like a beyond sandwich. sausage, fake egg, <laughs> uh, sandwich in the morning. Let's go. All um, right. Shout out to Tofu Scramble also. Um, yeah. Beyond or Impossible? Uh, beyond Impossible testing on animals. <laughs> so okay. Beyond. Well, that's good to know. Um, okay. Uh, Revelation Records or Discord? Discord. Solid. Easy. Easy. <laughs> I, was, I lived in D.C. for most of my 20s. <laughs> I, know. Discord, well, I didn't know that. It's I love Rev, though. I love Rev. <laughs> um, but Discord has Fugazis and Q and not you. So. That's right. Okay, no last one. Stage dive or pile up? Uh, I'm going to say stage dive because um, nice. I've been on the, the receiving end of stage dive during a pile up and it's not fun. <laughs> I'm too old. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much, Chris. I appreciate you uh, coming on the show. Can't wait to hear the new record. Um, tell Cat I said, go Nuggets, go Rockies. I don't like the Broncos, but I'll ride with the Nuggets and the Rockies. <laughs> um, and um, You might have words with you about that. That's but, all right. Uh, that's all right. Yeah. I can, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah, well, looking, hope- looking forward to the record. Thank you so much for coming on the show, and I hope you have a good rest of your night. Thank you for having us. Hopefully we'll see you in May. Take care. Sounds good. Peace.